0: Hi everyone, I'm Allison Ramsey with Empire Life Podcast where we help entrepreneurs to build out online empires and we talk with entrepreneurs all around the world about the empires that they are building online. And we're, we are here today with Andrew Herman. He's a futurist and also software developer on the team and systems designer. And I'll hand the floor over to you, Andrew, some more info about you.
1: Great. Thanks, Allison. <laughs> Um yeah I'm really excited to be here talking with you. Um I can tell I, I share a lot of uh, the same passions that the um your foundation and your work have um with the Empire Life trying to empower people and I think there's so, so much that could be said along those lines. Um yeah as you mentioned I uh, a lot of my work is involved in futurology which is essentially looking at alternative ways that we could live or what the current trends predict will happen at different scales. So it could be in terms of our own individuals' um, lives as uh, communities, as groups, um, as society, as the world, the world as a whole. And uh, some of it's prediction, but a lot of it is actually thinking about what kind of life we want to have and designing an optimal environment around that. Um, What kind of people do we want to be around? Uh, What kind of um, external distractions or potential activities do we want to surround ourselves with? Uh, What work do we want to do together? And um, how is that going to affect people outside of our group, inside of our group? So that's kind of where a lot of my um, interest in systems design is, is uh, looking at different levels of organization, whether it's... um, Ourselves, our health, uh, trying to create like holistic mind, body, spirit balance, or looking at healthy communities, uh, looking at what they need in terms of material uh, success and community support, uh, how to empower them economically, uh, and then, yeah, and looking at what we can do together, what we can achieve.
0: Yeah, I love how collaboration is so important to you and the community. We definitely resonate. On that with Empire Life and and I have enjoyed every time that we've spent together working together and Can you go more into detail Andrew about? Why is the community and collaboration so important to you? Like what what are the benefits emotionally spiritually? Economically, can you explain that a little bit more to us?
1: Sure, so yeah, I, guess I like to look at things from different perspectives. So I'll uh, conjure up a few examples. Cool. Um, one one model I really like is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it describes uh, what an individual needs to be healthy and to achieve self-actualization, which is like uh, achieving your highest potential. And um, you know, so that includes material things like you know, food, water, sleep, uh, sex, homeostasis. Um, and then right above that is belongingness and connection so it identifies and this is based on scientific empirical evidence of what humans across cultures and societies groups need to function well is to be able to connect with people and uh, and really feel belongingness um, so you know that doesn't just mean working on the same project because you're going to get paid but that you all feel like you're actually helping each other grow uh, you're all excited about the project, and you feel like it's actually going to um, accomplish some, you know, some shared vision or goal that you have. So I'm really drawn to that aspect of it. And uh, from my own own experience, um, the last couple of years I've been really interested in intentional community, and this is something that I've fo- been focusing a lot on in an organization that I contribute to called Futurist Playground. And basically, we look at uh, what's the bare minimum that we need to uh, sort of initiate some really strong communities where there's a lot of synergy that happens, where uh, people are all fulfilled to achieve their potential as individuals. And once that happens, then we're able to come together and um, propagate that and, and hopefully live in a you know, more environmentally regenerative way. Um, more peace between people uh, using nonviolent communication techniques so that we can pacify conflicts instead of ignore them or um, resort to violence. And so, yeah, I've been uh, traveling a lot, exploring different intentional communities and looking at like uh, how they support themselves in terms of, uh, yeah, the, you know, essentials, food and stuff. And then also, you know, what Um, economic activities are they engaged involved in and then you know what activities do they uh, either uh, host on their own or involve themselves in Um, so you know festivals and gatherings and circling and um, all that kind of stuff so um, yeah and and then from those experiences I've I uh, yeah, learned a lot about like, how we might be able to create community. And I found that it is more difficult than it seems, uh, I suppose, maybe academically to just say, oh, yeah, you just get a bunch of people together with common values. And that's sort of the idea still of what I would like to help promote. Um, but it's also you know, making sure that there's a stable foundation there uh, where everyone has the very basics of what they need so that people don't get into scarcity mode um so it's really about like encouraging an environment of abundance and then once that happens the idea is that you know there'll be a lot of synergy and peace created between people um in that community
0: i love that andrew yeah for sure for sure completely resonate with everything that you're saying and a huge a huge point that i wanted to touch on is when not everybody that is in your community. So as you are building your community, and if you are watching and you're super visionary person, creative, possibly empathic, and you have a, you have a lot of ideas swirling around your head as you're building that community, like how do you avoid? You had you had touched on that a lot of times. Visionary people may uh, suffer. Suffer, maybe it's not the, the best word, but they may struggle or have challenges in mental health issues Like while we are building our communities, how do we stay grounded? How do we go about? Like uh, avoiding or staying away from from going down that dead rabbit hole
1: That's a really good question. I think uh, one important thing is to not become so it, if there are a group of people that come together it's important to not become codependent, so meaning that uh, individuals aren't relying on other people for their security or sense of security. So that you know, in the real world, that might mean uh, maybe someone is contributing all the finances to operate the community, whether whatever that community might be, whether it's a business or an intentional community, people living together, or if it's more abstract. Um, Because then, you know, it creates a a weak link where, you know, if something happens with that person or they decide to move on, it puts the other people in a bad situation. Uh, So that's one thing to consider. So I I guess maybe one solution to that is empowerment to make it. And then, again, it's about abundance. So creating maybe diversifying would be one way of uh, achieving that. Uh, Looking at different ways to acquire the things that we need. Um, and that might be a project that everyone works on together, or it might actually mean maybe everyone kind of has their own individual mini projects or mini businesses. Um, so, you know, there are different ways to go about it, but, um, I uh, think communication yeah. is really important. Um, I,
0: I love that. And what about some advice on if you are not part of the community, but you're, you're somewhat like you're an entrepreneur and you have your own company, even if you're a solo entrepreneur and you're looking to build more of like a support community, Uh, how, how would you suggest that you design systems design that to really fit your needs?
1: Hmm. I would say uh, leverage, uh, leveraging different people's strengths mm.
0: um,
1: is an important one, and I know that's uh, something you talked about in a previous podcast that I just watched, <laughs> Empire Life, and that really resonated with me because um, I have noticed that for myself, I'm uh, I tend to be you know someone who wants to do everything by myself because I you know have I don't know if it's really trauma but <laughs> past experiences of you know people not pulling their weight or not you know, doing what I was hoping they would do and, and thinking that it's easier to do it myself. Um, so I think that's one of my personal life challenges are uh, things for me personally to work on is uh, trusting people. So it's, it's sort of funny that I say that considering what I just said about ensuring <laughs> stability <laughs> 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 by being more independent, but it's, it's a balance, I suppose. <laughs> so yeah, leveraging people's strengths, uh, reaching out to people, inviting them, Uh, Not making it, not burdening people by saying like, okay, this is your job, but like, hey, you're really good at this. Um, I could really use your advice or, you know, are you interested in helping me with this project or this aspect of my project? Um, You know, so if you're like producing a podcast, it's like, oh yeah, you're good with uh, certain aspects that are not in my zone of genius. So, um, you know, let's work on it together and... um, yeah, everyone work on what they're interested in, because ultimately, if people are interested in what they're doing, then they're more likely to finish it, and you're more likely to get good results. You know, it's not going to be a half-baked thing, because people are passionate about it.
0: I completely agree. <laughs> and I, I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing, sharing from, from your experiences. Thank you. And do you feel like there, there is a, a sense of vulnerability in when, when we do say, this is not my zone of genius?
1: I definitely think there is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think there is a, a strain of, I don't know what the label would be, modern society or economics where we have to present ourselves as really powerful and knowing of everything because uh, I don't know, maybe potential customers would see us as weak or um, something like that. But I don't know, I, I'm also a believer that everything's true in a certain context. So maybe there's a context where that is true. Maybe on a world stage that it, that idea plays a different role, that philosophy of uh, pretending to know everything. but mm-hmm when we're trying to make real connections with people and if we're trying to create a connection with our clients or customers, that is more about um, something that actually makes us feel good as opposed to a transactional thing. then I I think it is really important to be vulnerable. I don't know if that answered your question. It,
0: It definitely does answer my question. And I do feel that it's somewhat of a paradigm shift that we're seeing right now. With, especially with the online businesses where it's okay to say, I don't know everything. I, I just said to a client earlier today that I was telling you I got off the phone call with about everyone on the team is, is most likely having their zone of genius. And that may not be exactly what mine is. So I may not even be able to answer this particular question when I'm on the phone with you. I may need to actually talk to them first because that's their zone of genius. And then I'll get back to you or we can all get on a call together. And I felt super vulnerable in, in actually saying that like to say, Hey, this does it. And frankly, it's not my, even my highest excitement. Mm. Though I know that I can find the information I'm saying w- what my other teammate is doing. They're an expert in that. And it's not necessarily my highest excitement that I have to be an expert in that. It's my highest excitement that I'm doing what, as you were saying, what I really enjoy and what I'm passionate about doing. And I can always find that information and ask them that question. And then we're all together. And that leads me, oh, to that just reminded me of the, the concept that you wanted to touch on. And I was, that you wanted to go a little bit more into the individual personal health and then also about the ho- Hollands, did I say that right? Or Hollands? Uh, Hollands. Hollands. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that reminded me of that that story that I was just telling because I'm I feel so much greater as a whole team. I know that my team is supporting me and is in my blind spots and and then we're we're all greater together as a whole and I don't have to be an expert at all those things. There's no time for that.
1: Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, um yeah, I'd definitely like to go into that, and yeah, when you you touched on moving kind of from old paradigm into new paradigm, um, I I guess my mindset is very much uh, observing how on, on many different levels <clears> the <throat> sort of old paradigm is represented by a scarcity environment. Uh, or at least artificial scarcity. So maybe, you know, we don't actually have to be in scarcity now, but it's mostly our mindsets that are keeping us in that space, Um, whether it's individuals or group or society. And then looking at how we can move into abundance, uh, which is really an environment of abundance, uh, meaning abundance of um, our material needs, belongingness and connection, and the ability of that to empower us to not have to resort to old modes of getting what we want through violence, or um, essentially violence is really one of the main result, <laughs> results of scarcity. But and uh, so how I look at that transition to happening is through synergy, and that's where the power of holons comes in. So a uh, holons is a conceptual model where it describes how every entity can be described as an individual and also part of a larger whole. So if you look at a, the smallest, or maybe not the smallest, but one of the smallest that we know of would be like some uh, particles. Uh, you know, they each have their own individual properties, you know, they might have, uh, you know, for those into science or physics, they have like their spin direction, and then they unite to form uh, protons and neutrons and you know they have their own properties they have a charge and then uh, you know and then and then they form together to form atoms the atoms form together to create molecules and then in biology track you have like proteins and then molecule or molecules by proteins cells uh, organs organisms and if you look at each of those levels the individuals all have their role or their powers and when they work together they can create something that is greater than the sum of their parts and that's what's really powerful is that you know our heart on its own you know it can pump blood but if we don't have the other organs to help the blood circulate and provide oxygen to it with the lungs it's just going to be like a lump of (laughs) you know mass and you know it might only survive for a short amount of time but if it works with all the others, then we have this, you know, fully formed organism, maybe called a human, you know, humans can do amazing things, like create this podcast. And uh, and extending it further, we have uh, humans working together. Um, and where synergy happens is when people leverage uh, their different talents and they create something that they couldn't do otherwise. And I'm a firm believer that like, in DIY so I think that like anyone can learn anything but uh, I think people maybe have like certain talents that lend themselves to certain things or they might have uh, like I liked what you said about excitement like zone of excitement so you know I think our excitement which is like a, us leading with our heart like uh, makes us to learn certain things or do certain things so I think it's really important to for individuals to follow that Um, So then it's really important and powerful to unite with other people who have different, um, different, but uh, compatible talents and use those together to create um, businesses, communities, organizations, uh, products, processes, all sorts of things.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And i wanted i wanted to also touch on that the the holands hollands did i say that right holons holons the Mm holons principle that you were talking about you also mentioned to me that it helped you and for me traveling really helped me on this perspective to be able to step back take a take a step back and really analyze the different systems the beliefs and different perspectives of the of different cultures or how you were raised, can you go into that a little bit more?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. So, yeah, I, and I think it's maybe easy to for the example that I gave so far, looking at um, you know the subcomponents of an organism, you know, because we all we've all seen like diagrams and maybe like you know petri dishes with you know, so we can obviously we're looking objectively uh, externally onto it but it's maybe a little bit more subtle when we're actually part of the system. So, you know, once you pass the human level, you know, we're sort of limited as individuals based on our perception, based on our senses, our previous beliefs. Um, But part of systems design for me is to be able to, as you said, take a step back and look at how uh, different individuals behave and also different groups of people behave and try to really understand their perspective. So essentially have empathy. And so I think it's interesting because I think maybe people think of a word like systems design, and even if they haven't heard of it before, they might think of some like highly technical, kind of cold, um, logical, analytical thing. And it can be that but I actually think it's really an important part of having empathy or being able to have empathy for other people or perspectives because um, you know, we are limited by our own beliefs and feelings. So we may not be able to feel someone else. So we have to look at it in an objective way. And there are empaths of course, like I also consider myself an empath. So I think it's easy for me to pick up on people's emotions, but uh, this sort of objective analysis is a tool we can use to look at how other people behave and, um, and really try to empathize with them. So that's, and that's really important for when we're looking at maybe how, like what competitors are doing Uh and maybe try not to look at them as competitors, but maybe potential collaborators. And I think that, you know, both trying to achieve similar things, um, so I kind of hope that that can maybe be a direction that we move in, in terms of paradigm shift and looking at how we can turn competition into collaboration. Uh, you know, maybe we have different perspectives, but maybe as I I think I mentioned earlier, there's some truth in it. You know, they're working on a set of uh, constraints and maybe whatever they're doing is true based on those constraints. I'm working on a set of constraints myself. And um, so maybe we can, yeah, look at how we can work together. Or at least uh, not downplay what they're doing or, uh, you know, view it as wrong or the the wrong way to do it.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's so true, Andrew. And why do you feel, we also kind of touched on why a lot of people never actually (laughs) question these beliefs and these perspectives. Why is it so scary for, or or even your own experience? How can it be so What are some experiences you had when it was like, wow, this is kind of scary, and I'm having some resistance (laughs) in my questioning? How do you handle that? And what's some of your experiences? (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) so uh, definitely ideas tied to like futurology, (laughs) because I've been, um, I guess, introduced to certain concepts of like how uh, humans could, you know, live together that i i really resonate with and but it in a lot of ways at least on the surface it goes against what kind of the mainstream belief system is all about and i think when why it's so difficult to get past that is because when we start to really look at a lot of things in mainstream culture or society um from an objective, objective way where we're sort of unattached from it, uh, and we're not sort of caught up in its survival, then we realize how scary some of those aspects of it are. And, and I've, i consider myself privileged to be able to kind of extract myself from that. Um, just based on like my circumstances. Uh, I mean, I've also figured out how to do it by living like a minimalist lifestyle. So I was, <laughs> that's where I was able to extract myself for a while <laughs> and um, to observe it better. And, and a lot of it did really bother me. And, and I realized that when I was really connected to it, um, I think maybe subconsciously I I overlooked a lot of things because it was just too much. Like it was too painful to see. Um, I don't really want to go into details right at the moment, (laughs) but um, you know, basically just things that I thought were, could be better, a lot better. And they bothered me. And, and I try to channel that frustration into, instead of being angry or depressed about it, uh, to really want to create solutions and, and not solutions that I would want to impose on other people, but rather just, um, things that, you know, I can find other like-minded people and connect with them who have a shared vision. And kind of, as we've been talking about, you know, how do we work together to actually make this happen for us? and make it easier for us uh, to create this new, you know, whatever it is, new vision, new paradigm, and, and actually, and not really, and then the outside stuff doesn't matter because you have each other and you have whatever you create as a group. And that's kind of been my strategy is like finding, and, you know, and also the organization I've been, organizations I've been a part of is connecting like-minded people and just focusing on that and like trying not to care as much about what, World is doing because you know it's impossible to keep tabs and everything, and yeah, it's healthier <laughs> not to. I think.
0: Yes, totally. Thank you for sharing that. And sure. before before we hop off, Andrew, are there any gold nuggets? I think you were actually going to share that one. But is there? Is there any, oh yeah. Any, <laughs> is there <laughs> any more gold nuggets that intuitively come up for you that you would like to share with the tribe before we hop off?
1: Let's see. Um. Yeah, actually, there's a uh, kind of a, a model from a futurist that I like to follow. That I would like to maybe just share that. Um. So this is sort of an idea or a quote from Barbara Marx Hubbard, uh, who is a futurist and visionary, and uh, she describes three dimensions of paradigm shift. So it's essentially three different aspects that are all important to work together in order to um, achieve the greater vision and Essentially, uh, they go as follows. The first one is Dismantling obsolete institutions So that might mean different things to different people (laughs) but uh, ways that is done is through like protests and uh civil disobedience and uh, boycotting, you know what we don't like. Uh, so basically, things within current systems that exist that we can do, you know, where actions actually matter. The second dimension is creating new systems. So that might mean uh, new communities, new business models, uh, new potentially institutions, or maybe we don't need institutions. It depends on the context. Uh, but basically, creating what the new solutions are and the third is a shift in consciousness so this is sort of the a mental or spiritual component Uh, and that's important because in order to believe in the other two dimensions you have to have a shift in consciousness to actually um, you know raise frequency to uh, believe that we can do whatever it is we want to do whether it's with a small group of people or a large group of people uh, so all these dimensions, all three of these dimensions on, the, on their own, each one is kind of naive to think that it alone can uh, achieve our vision. But all together, they're really powerful. So um, I think I use that to think on like different scales. So it doesn't have to be like about, you know, the whole world, but, you know, it could be about family or community or business or whatever.
0: Perfect, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sure, Allison, I had a lot of fun. Thank you very much. (laughs) Me too.